Our very own limitations. How are they formed and how do we smash through them to discover our own limitless potential? This is the Limitless Man Podcast. Today's guest, guys, I want you to, to picture this. You're happily married. You're living a good life, a pretty good life. You're seeking to become a, a rugby league or rugby union, I should say, professional. So you're doing all the right things. You're working, you're training. A coach tells you that you're not quite strong enough. You need a bit of, put on a bit of size. You're a bit small. So you start CrossFit. As a result of starting CrossFit, someone notices that you're actually pretty good at lifting weights. And within 18 months, you're actually representing Australia at a Commonwealth Games and just missing out on getting a medal, if you don't mind, finishing fifth in a weightlifting division. Welcome, Steph Davies. How are you? Oh, mate, good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks for having me here. No worries. No worries. Tell me, right? So you start, you're, you, you always wanted to play for the Wallabies, which is a bit hard if, uh, if you're a female, but you had the dream. You wanted to do that. Yeah. You moved to Adelaide from Queensland to seek better opportunity for your rugby union career. You, you start CrossFit and then all of a sudden you're representing Australia. Like just how did it all happen? Yeah, it's a, it was a bit of a wild ride, to be honest. Um, so, you know, as you said, I had always wanted to uh, play for Australia um, and the goal was always in rugby, uh, you know. It's, um, you know, ever since I was little, that was that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to wear the green and gold, you know. Um, and yeah, so I was playing, I moved to SA. Um, it's not really well known for its rugby, but it's one of the few, few states that actually has a, a decent uh, women's division um, and got picked for the, um, you know, under 15, uh, not under 15s, the 15 aside, it's a regular rugby union and also the sevens squad. Yeah. Um, and was out, you know, doing my thing at nationals and stuff and, and got scouted um, and got told uh, after I'd been sort of told I was in the mix. Yeah. I got told that I wasn't big enough. Um, and wasn't necessarily so, like, like muscle size or anything like that. It was my actual physical stature. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a very big girl, <laughs> only short, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it sort of prompted me to go, okay, cool. If this is what I want, what else can I do? So on my off seasons, I started, started CrossFit just to build that strength and speed and um, fell in love with it and got to the point where I was like, okay, you know, maybe I'll change tactic, you know, rugby, if, if they're going to select me based or, or not select me based on my size, uh, which I can't change, I can't, you know, get taller, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's sort of, it put a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. That's something that I wanted so much that I worked my ass off for, um, you know, and uh, it wasn't that I wasn't good enough. It was that I wasn't big enough. And, and that sort of put a little sour taste in my mouth. So I thought, maybe I'll change tactic and, and try this CrossFit fit thing. I was really enjoying it. I love the challenge of um, the different modalities and, and that it was an individual sport rather than a team sport. I'd never done an individual sport before. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, okay, cool. Let's, let's give this a crack, you know? Um, and uh, funnily enough, it wasn't that I was actually good at lifting weights. It was actually that I was shit at lifting weights <laughs> uh, that I ended up into weightlifting. So I decided, um, you know, uh, I was doing some personal development, which is actually how you and I met about, you know, six or so years ago, yeah. crazily enough. And, you know, one of, one of the things that came out of that for me was, you know, it's, if there's a little whisper in your head to say that you want to do something, that's what you want to do, you know, and anything outside of that is just the fluff that you put on your life. And, um, you know, and that those sort of 
extra expectations of you know it's not a it's not a reasonable expectation to be a professional athlete for a career. That. That, that is that whisper that you hear in your head, right? And I've I have a I know I'm sure everyone has it. And I guess what follows after that then is all these feelings, doubt, fear. Can I do it? Yeah. Tell us about yeah. that. I mean, did you have any feelings like that? And yeah, yeah. for me, it's kind of like. Uh, you know, it's a fork in the road when you when you listen to that, um, when you acknowledge that whisper as a potential reality and not just, you know, some fantasy that you dream about. You, you basically have a fork in the road. You can either choose action or inaction. And inaction leads to the same shit you've always been doing, um, you, know, in, you know, being fulfilled enough, but, you know, it's just sort of like a, a humdrum kind of existence. Or you can choose action, which is, kind of terrifying and and um it's big you know because exactly you're basically you're choosing a new path that you haven't walked before of something that you maybe hadn't thought was actually a real possibility you know I was working I was doing finance in a in a crappy nine to five um you know and you know married like you said and and um you know sort of chasing that white picket fence kind of life. Um, you know what, there's, was, there's nothing wrong with that, though. I mean, if you're fulfilled and you're happy doing that, and, and this is like the, the misconce- misconception is that, you know, there's something wrong with that. There definitely isn't. And I think hmm. if you're quite happy, it's uh, if, you, if you're hearing that whisper, I think, is is when, and you're not acting on that whisper, that, that, that voice in your head that's saying, I want to do something else, do this, do this, try something else. And then, like you said, you come to this sort of fork in the road moment yeah. and then you've got to choose. You either ignore it um, and the voice inevitably just gets louder and louder and louder yeah. or you've got to take, you know, what I call imperfect action. Yes, oh, 100%. And, you know, like you said, it, it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that life if that's what your values are. You know, we've all, and that's what makes us super unique is that we all have a different set of personal values and, um it's, it's when we ignore our own values that it becomes a problem and that you end up in these in the vicious cycles of, of, you know, unhappiness, I guess. Um, and like I said, you know, I was happy enough doing what I was doing, but after doing this personal development, I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to go and, and give yeah. this a crack and put everything into it. And so from, from that, um, you know, one of the first things I needed to do was improve my weakest area of, of CrossFit, which was my weightlifting, um, because I was strong. I was physically strong, but my technique sucked and weightlifting is more about the skill than the strength. Um, and so I hunted down, um, the best coach that was in SA. He's another, um, com, com games athlete. Um, he's an epic, epic mentor and started training with him. Um, and had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a patchy start because I ended up, you know, ended up taking a job that was overseas and and sort of kind of popped in and popped out. And he he recognized in me um, that I'm super competitive, <laughs> like yep. insanely competitive. And he's just like, you know what, go and do a competition. You'll really enjoy it. And I was like, nah, I don't want to take my focus off this like blinkers. This is what I need to do. And he's like, no, just go do one. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went in, um, I had no idea of the rules or how it all works. And, um, you know, there was like this weird buzzing noise at my first competition. And I had to ask one of the judges, I'm like, what does the buzzer mean? <laughs> and um, I went in and had a heap of fun. And uh, I missed a lift that I wanted. And in my head, it it was just something that I wanted. You know, I just don't like, I don't like losing. So um I went, I said, that's right. I'll come back for one more comp. And just cause I want to hit that lift, you know, I had no concept of how it all worked in the grand scheme. And the next competition I went back and hit that lift 
And from there, uh, got a letter a couple of weeks later to say that I was potentially in the mix to go to the Commonwealth Games um, and was just absolutely floored because it wasn't what I was going for. Um, I didn't have any concept that I was actually that good because I, I'd been used to doing CrossFit, which is open weight divisions. Everyone's competing against each other. And so I'd compare my lifts to other girls who were bigger than me or heavier than me and be like, oh man, I'm not even that good. Yeah. Um, but then when it comes to weightlifting and you're, you're categorized by your size and weight, ironically, um, <laughs> then you, you know, I was actually, you know, putting some decent numbers together and had qualified for nationals without even realizing. Um, and yeah, so sort of put the skids on this whole CrossFit thing and, and sat down and thought about it and went, okay, well, I've got this tiny minute opportunity to maybe go for the Commonwealth Games. CrossFit will be there when I finish. How about I just, for the next three months to, to nationals, I'm going to do nothing but weightlifting and, um, you know, see how, see where that takes me. Um, and I, came third at that nationals, which again, without knowing what I was really aiming for um, was enough to get me into the Australian squad. And then it just sort of catalyzed from there. That's amazing. Like just, just a few things guys as well, like to, that I got out of that. You're at the crossroads. So you spoke about the fork in the road and I reckon too, that there's a misconception that you have to know everything before you start. Right, you just said you had no idea about the rules. Yet you started, so you just you're starting, and then you've decided I'm going to figure this out as I go. Which that's how it is. No one knows what they're doing when when they're starting, regardless whether you're trying to get into you know the the Australian weightlifting team, whether you're starting a business, whether you're pursuing a family. Like I've, had, I've got two kids, I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I had. You know, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> But Just you know, it's, they come out all right. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they turn out all right. So it's just a big misconception, I think, and that's what stops. And I'm guilty of it too. I mean, it stops you from actually taking the action that's required, where you're going to feel fulfilled. You're going to live in alignment with your values, as opposed to being trapped in this cycle where you know you want more, but the inaction is making yeah. it impossible to actually to get that. So. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, it, it's cliched and, and you know, it, you hear it all the time, but it really is the actual journey of, of, of chasing that whatever it is uh, that is the value. And, and it's something that I was really lucky, um, you know, jumping forward a, a little bit, but I was really lucky after I did get make the team for the, for the Commonwealth Games that uh, literally after, the, after I got off the platform, my coach called a friend of his and said, hey, do you mind if we sit down for a drink with this guy? I think he'll be really good for you. And he was, uh, I think, a five times world champion rower, um, been to multiple Olympics. And he sat down and he just said, you know, just remember, it's not about the actual moment on the platform on the day. You won't even remember that day. It's all of the time in the gym, all of the sweat, the blood, the tears. He's like, that's what actually matters. And I remember just being like, soak up every second of this guy's like aura. <laughs> you know, he yeah. was he was yeah. incredible, but he was 100% right. It's it's about the, the process of getting there. Getting there is just like the cherry on top. Being in there in that moment is the cherry, but it's the process of getting there. That is what was really fulfilling. How much did you grow, Steph? Like as a result of you, so you've made this life decision, really. Yeah, and talk about too. I understand that you actually you had a marriage initially, and that fell over as a result of that fork in the road moment as well. So just just tell us about that. 
Yeah, yeah. So I was um, I was in a relationship for over 10 years, or just almost about to hit the 10-year 10, 10 mark. Maybe we did. I can't remember. Um, and we were married and happily married, uh, you know. And um, we, you know, as a result of doing this personal development, you know, I really see that that point where I took that time to work on myself was, was really the start of all of this, um, you know, we did a lot of focus on, on what our personal values are. And I was really, really happy in my life. You know, I had, uh, I was at uni studying something I was super passionate about. I had a great job helping people train. I was training myself, um, had awesome support network. And, you know, my partner at the time didn't have that and he didn't really know what he wanted to do and, and, and everything. And we had lots of conversations about it and um, got to the point where he's like, cool, I want to travel. Uh, and this is, um, you know, after I'd received my letter and after I'd sort of gone, this is what I want to do, um, you know, and I'd called him the day that I got that letter because I, I got it while I was out having a coffee with my mum and mum and I were both freaking out going, oh my God, you know, what the, it's so mind blowing that this out yeah. of the blue letter, you know, and um, I called him and he was like, yeah, cool. So um, what's for dinner? <laughs> and I was like, wow, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, like, uh, and you know, we're on, we were on pretty different paths and, you know, he just didn't understand my passion for the, for my athletic pursuits and didn't come to competitions and just wasn't all that on that vibe. And, um, you know, after a while he came to the point that he was like, okay, I think I actually want to go traveling, which is what we had originally, when we got together, wanted to do, we wanted to go backpacking and, and live that life. Um, but you know, years went past and we didn't do it. And I decided this is what I wanted to do. I did want to travel. I definitely knew I wanted to travel, but I wanted to travel for a purpose. I wanted to travel to compete and I wanted to, um, you know, I or travel to do business. I didn't want to just, you know, go on an extended holiday. Um, and yeah, we hit this, we hit this, you know, it was a really defined moment where it was like, he's like, oh, cool. I think I want to go travel. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to go to the Commonwealth games. And, um, so I think we're going to get a divorce <laughs> and it was, yeah. you know, probably one of the world's most amicable breakups, especially for 10 years and, you know, had a house, you know, I was I, in, in that divorce. It wasn't just, you know, losing a partner in the, the, the white picket fence future that I'd pictured for myself. Uh, I lost my business because I was working. We had a house and I was working from home, trained, like I had a gym in my house that I was training people. And, um, you know, I lost my extended family that I'd been with for 10 years, um, lost a friend group, um, lost, you know, I was a full-time student as well. So I'd lost most of my financial support. Um, so it was, you know, really defining of, okay, well, this is what I want you know, and this is what I want most more than anything else, because I know that if I got to the end of, you know, my life and looked back on the could have moments, um, would have, could have, should have, that was, would have been one where I chose somebody else's happiness over my own. And, um, like I said, it was an amicable breakup and, you know, in hindsight, we both, I think realized, you know, that I've been in contact with him, but I'm sure we have both realized how very different we were. And, um, it was, it was also a kick in the ass because it's like, all right, I have now, lost everything I knew for this dream. I better make this fucking opportunity yeah. happen. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, there are yeah. no yeah. more, there's no, there's no fallback plan here. I, I don't have a retirement, you know, retirement fund. It is literally get this freaking goal or die trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk me, like talk to us about belief. Like obviously you've got this huge audacious goal now. You burnt the boats. I'll use that analogy. So your your, your life pretty much now is turned upside down. Um, you know, you're divorced. You know, you got to make this work. 
did you always believe that you were going to make it work? Yeah, I think I did. Um, and, and then that may be because I've got a couple of years of, you know, water under the bridge and hindsight is, is a virtue, but I, I, I did. And I think, again, it comes down to if you have this goal, you don't talk about it in future tense, you talk about it in current tense. And so, you know, I would, I didn't, you know, put it out on social media that this is what I, you know, look at me, Com Games athlete, like six more months before I made the team. But those who knew me in my circle, um, you know, very small, tight-knit group, they knew that that's how I viewed it. And, um, you know, it was probably a little naive as well because I was so new in this sport, I actually didn't know <laughs> the obstacles. I didn't have this preconception of the obstacles that I actually had to face. I just had this goal. And, um, you know, I had incredible people around me. And, um, you know, I think... Like I said, it was kind of do or die, you know, um, otherwise what was it all for? And, um, and again, it wasn't in the needing to hit the goal. And, I, and I've said this, said this to friends before, even if I hadn't made the team, I think the way that I approached it, the way I approached that last competition that was the do or die competition was, was something that I would have been satisfied with regardless Um even if I hadn't made the team because I, I laid it all out there and it just happened to go my way that day, you know? Um, and you know, I, I think that belief was there, but it's, again, it's about that. It's about that journey. It's about knowing that I did absolutely everything I could. I mean, I overhauled, I overhauled every component of my life. You know, I was weigh, at one point I was weighing spinach leaves so that I could get the exact grammage, you know, yeah. um, to the point where it made me uh, pretty hard to be around, you know, I, I, for the people closest to me, it wasn't, wasn't a fun place to watch. Um, you know, especially cause I was processing all this, you know, emotional sort of trauma and um, was uh, using the training as, as an outlet for it. You know, it was a huge, huge cathartic thing for me to, to go and just lay out all my emotion out on the platform for training and just leave it all there and then go home and go about my day and try and figure out the rest of <laughs> it as it all went along. Some of the challenges, Steph, like financially, I'm assuming there would have been some pretty tough challenges there. Yeah. How did you get through that? Because obviously there, there are probably times where you know, you've committed to this, you've, you've left your job to do this. So you're in a sense, you still need money. You've got to, you know, you got to eat, you've got to live, you've got to survive. So how did you go about all that? Yeah, look, it's, it's funny. I, um, yeah, I did. I lost the job that I like. I lost my own job. I did end up getting another job that allowed me to work uh, sort of 4 a.m. till I think it was 10 or 11 a.m., which still allowed me to have two training sessions during the day, um, which, you know, in hindsight was ridiculous. Um, but again, it comes down to finding people that had the same belief in me that I had in myself. Um, so I was really lucky to find sponsors who were helping me with, um, you know, massage and physio and stuff like that. The things that I needed to keep my body going, because, you know, I think in Australia, we have a bit of a misconception about uh, elite athletes. You know, there's a very, very, very big difference between an elite athlete and a professional athlete. You know, we look at the AFL stars and we look at all these guys on like multi-million dollar contracts, sweet, but you look at like the average Joe athlete. And I say average Joe, because I'm talking like Olympics level, <laughs> you know, but you, you, you look at all these pretty much every other athlete is almost completely self-funded. Um, or if they do get financial assistance, it's, it's minimal. Um, and it comes very much down to, you know, the luck of the draw where you live, like where, where I was, um, some of the Queensland athletes got, you know, up to 10 grand uh, from the government. I got a sweet, sweet $50 check from our local MP. And I was like, thanks for the fuel money. That was nice <laughs> like, of them. 
Him, her. <laughs> the thought was there. The thought was there, but I would have, I would have probably appreciated yeah. the team brand <laughs> at that time. Um, would have been nice. So, you know, yeah. yeah. So look, it comes down to having having really good people and and having that belief, which fuels belief. Um, but you're right. Financial was huge for me, and I remember going into one of my um, it was my first international on Australian soil, and uh, you know, as part of the the divorce, we were selling the house. You know, that was we ended up losing a ton of cash on that, and at one point, we we're looking at bankruptcy. And I remember I got a phone call on the way into one of my competitions. I was literally in the warm up area. I got this unknown call. Answered it. They're like, "Hey, look, you need to pay twenty five thousand dollars by Wednesday. Otherwise, we're going to have to, you know, send the sharks after you." And Man, I was just like, cool. I'm about to represent my country for the first time on Australian soil. So I'm just going to give you a call back later. And yeah, cheers. And just like hung up on them. <laughs> like world's probably with the world's worst excuse, but it was legit. And in my head, I was just like, fuck it. Like literally you got no choice but to execute. And and I did. That was, a, you know, a really good comp for me. And um, the journey from there, it just... It was just literally find a way, find a way to make this work. So it got to the point where I was literally selling furniture before the Com Games, and um, you know, selling selling everything I had to to make this dream a reality and deal with the consequences later. As long as I have a, a fridge and a washing machine, um, you know, I'm pretty in a bed. I need a bed to to recover, yeah. but you know, I don't really need the rest of the stuff. And so, um, you know, there's that, and obviously, you know, support of of my friends and family, my mum who would bring me care packages every week um, of, you know, homemade food and, uh, you know, find a way, make it happen. And, you know, that's not an excuse not to succeed. Sorry, Steph, my phone was just going off. I thought I'd put it on silent. (laughs) So So just on that as well, right, with the challenges, what about like the pre-game? Like, where, I understand that you had to actually to qualify. You had to go into a competition. You had to win that competition, right? How did that actually come yeah. about? And just talk us through how you actually won that competition. Yeah, look, I mean, the process itself. Uh, you know, to make to make it to the to make it to the selections, you had to have competed in an international in your weight class that you're going to. You know, my first real challenge came, um, I'd lost a lot of weight for my nationals. Uh, we thought that I would be able to drop down. Um, I'd have a better chance of, you know, if you're, lo- if, if you're lighter and you've got heavier numbers, then you're, you know, you're going to do better. Obviously, the heavier you are, the heavier you lift, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, so my very first competition, I'd lost a ton of weight. I was lean, like unhealthily lean, and it wasn't a weight that I could continue. So my first challenge uh, like I said, I, I made the Australian squad without even meaning to, essentially. And they basically said, okay, cool. So you're going to have to stay at this weight category to in order to get to the Olympics, uh, to the Com Games, sorry. And I was like, so unhealthy. My hormones were a mess. Um, and so I, I remember calling them up on a, on a Sunday and saying, look, I don't think I can compete at this weight division. What are my options? And they said, look, there's only one more international before – this, the trials you have to get there it's next friday or next saturday uh in uh, new caledonia and so yeah. i didn't even have a pass uh, i hadn't been pre- you know prepping you have this when you're when you're in training for you know elite sports you have cycles up and down so that you can you know peak and, and rest and peak and rest and i was not ready for for it and um broke super broke <laughs> and um you know uh, and we did a GoFundMe, did the, did the get everything together to get the passport and made that one happen. And 
that catalyzed everything else. And it, it got to the point where through the selection process came down to the last competition. And um, that was you know in December um, about six weeks before that, the job that I was doing um, it, it had, you know, turned pretty toxic and it was weighing on me and I knew I wasn't putting in what I needed to get to the, um, get to, to be feeling like I'd done everything. If you know what I mean? I, I felt like there was still a few percent that I could squeeze out of myself. And I remember calling my mum from the office one day and just saying, look, um, I'm going to quit my job today. And she's like, okay. I was like, mum, I've got negative $97 in my bank account. Um, I think I've got, I had like six or seven weeks to trials. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to quit my job. And she's like, you have to do it. You've like, you've got no option. And I was That's like, awesome. So she gave you that hundred percent support. Yeah. Um, and which isn't always the case. I mean, did you get any blowback from anyone close to you? Like people that maybe you, know, you didn't expect to like any negativity or any resentment? Cause obviously it is a big decision and you're, you're changing full direction here and it might not have been easy for other people around, around you as well. Uh, not that it's any of their business, but yeah. Yeah. Look, I am pretty lucky. You know, I, I definitely did get, I definitely did get um, uh, the kickback, but it wasn't in sort of, wasn't in like a lack of support ways. It was more that like, I was so focused on myself and my goal, like being an athlete in my head and in the way that I approach things, it's, it's all or nothing. And I am so, and, and it's not just the way I approach athleticism, it's the way I approach everything. You know, I, I don't do things halfway and in doing so I'm quite, I, I, you know, I wasn't pleasant to be around. I wasn't, you know, it's such a selfish thing to be so single-minded. So my blowback is probably people who I've spoken to since then who are like, man, I thought you were the biggest bitch uh, because I, they'd go to the gym and I'd be like, hi, but I'm like doing my thing, you know, yeah. and I wouldn't, wouldn't be like, I'm not there to socialize. I'm not there to make friends. I did make some amazing my lifelong friends, but my I'm here for me for this goal, you know, blinkers. And uh, that's probably more the low back is like, they're like, I thought you were real. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually a real nice guy once you get to know me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's probably more of more of the blowback rather than the lack of support because yeah. I just I didn't hang around people who weren't going to believe in me. You know, if if I did, they're, they're the people I chop out straight away. Um and uh yeah, so for that, you know, I am extraordinarily lucky to have a family who are so supportive and, um, you know, my coach and, and everyone as well, they were, they were awesome. And, and even my boss at the time was pretty cool about letting me go and, and understood. So, um, you know, and again, it, it just, it was another one of those, you doing this in order to force yourself and, and consciously doing it to give myself no other option, but to succeed. Because yeah. if I get out, if I get out of all of this and I'm broke, like even more broke <laughs> and uh, you know, then, then shit, you know? And so it's just that, that literal fire uh, to go. And so, you know, that, that last training cycle where I actually had time to sleep and, you know, I, I huge, huge leaps and bounds as far as my own confidence, uh, just because I wasn't so stressed out. And um, yeah, it all came down to this one competition and, you know, for, for those who don't know how weight, like a weightlifting competition works. So like I said, we've got all different weight divisions and, um, at the common games, we were only taking one person per weight division. So you, you had to be uh, by the end of the series of events that we'd done, you had to have the highest total. And a total is you've got two lifts, you've got a snatch and what we call a clean and jerk. Um, on the competition day, you've got three attempts at a snatch and three attempts at a clean and jerk. You've got to hit a snatch in order to get to your clean and jerks. So it's not like any other sport where, you know, if you're in a running race, you can sort of see what other and everyone else is doing and you might get that extra like skerrick out of yourself. Weightlifting, you're on your own on a platform and you've pre-chosen your weights. 
Um, you can change them on the day, but you can't change them on the platform. So yeah. you know, what you're doing has to be within your realm. You can't just magically put 10 kilos on your, on your weight because you can't like that's a, that becomes a strength issue rather than a, you know, mindset or, or skill or, or anything like that. You might get a couple of kilos extra, but you definitely can't just go, okay, that person got 10 kilos more. I'm going to put 10 kilos more on. It's just, we're talking in the differences of one kilo um, yeah. here. So um, the way it works like I said, you've got three of each lift and um, the, what I needed to hit uh, was a 200 total. Um, uh, Cause the last, the, the next highest was 199. Um, and, you know, keep in mind, like I said, I hadn't been lifting for very long. So my, my technique was never that pretty. <laughs> I definitely couldn't rely on um, outskilling these girls who'd been in it for a really long time. Um, and um, it didn't start well. I missed two out of my three lifts uh, for my snatch. I had the lightest snatch on the field. So um, I had the biggest gap to try and make up. Um, so yeah, I'd missed two snatches and, you know, went out the back and I had my, my two coaches there and, you know, we sort of had a bit of a game plan. What do we do? Uh, and they said, look, we're still going to start you on the, this lower number. You're going to hit this, just smash it. You're going to, get that confidence so that we can put more on because you in lifting it, you know, to an observer, you kind of think, Oh, just go for the, the heaviest yeah. straight away. But it really is that sort of get that first lift, build your confidence. At least you've got that lift to fall back on. And then you can see what everyone else is doing. There's a lot of, it's like a game of chess out the back, you know, as an athlete, you just, all you have to do is lift the bar, but your coach is watching what everyone else is doing and, and trying to time where your warm ups are trying to time which, which weight you're going to go to, to try and force people to make decisions or make errors. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, we'd sort of gotten to that point and um, I went out with my opening clean and jerk and missed it convincingly. Um, I went out, my coach said, what do you want to do? I said, look, go up, go up a couple of kilos, go a little bit closer to the next lift. Cause I don't want to have this huge jump. He's like, okay. And I went out and missed that lift <laughs> and, and basically facing what we call bombing, which is where you get no score at all. Cause you have to have a total. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, pit of the stomach kind of stuff. And um, he's like, all right, come back out the back at a little bit of time. And he said, um, what do you want to do? And I mean, he already knew the answer. We'd already discussed it, you know, prior to the competition, but we just said, look, we're not here to play for second. So put whatever it is that I need to go on the bar and, and just make it happen. And he's like, yep, cool. And, um, and he did. Um, how so much we, weight, sorry, Steph, how much weight difference was there from like the two previous failed attempts to that last one where you needed to hit it like to actually, to make it? Yeah. So, um, so I started, so for my clean and jerks, I opened on 110. Um, yeah. So my snatch, I'd hit 85 as my, only lift <laughs> the goal was that I was going to hit you know end up at about like 93 and and that give myself a chance that I don't need as much for the clean and jerks but obviously I'd not <laughs> done that <laughs> um so I'd opened on 110 uh, my second lift we went for 112 and um we ended up on 116 which I'd never lifted before I'd never even attempted it before uh I think at the time my heaviest was I think maybe 113 or 114 um, I'd cleaned 115 and I'd jerked 115, but I had never cleaned and jerked 115 uh, okay. and I definitely never attempted it on a competition. I think my highest comp score was like 
an 111 or something. So I'd already opened really close to my top. And um, and yeah, so the 116 was was a, a decent jump. Um, and, um, you know, as I was going, as I, I went out the back to hit another lift and um, as I was walking back, towards you know we have this big walkway and you got to go to back to the platform I walked past the, the scoreboard that, that you've got at the back which all the coaches sort of huddling around because there was only like one or two lifters left to go so everyone's huddling around and doing the maths and going okay well she's going to miss this lift which means so-and-so is going to make the team so you heard that Steph yeah 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 I, I heard it and I, I have no idea which coach it was because whoever yeah. it is I owe them a beer for sure <laughs> but I walked past them and in my head I just thought fuck you. Like, you don't know me. <laughs> and, oh man, it fired me up real hard. And I, uh, you know, had, it, it's funny because you have this walkway and it's not that long, but you have these little flashback moments. And I had this flashback to this one game of rugby that I'd played. It was a, um, uh, it was a semi-final, and we weren't on the board. We weren't, you know, the world's most fantastic team, but we had this one semi-final and I, I'd, I'd managed to like, make this ridiculous life like game saving tackle at the end of the game and it was this exact same exact same fire moment where I was like you've done it before like you can you can do it again and I went out and um, got completely crunched in the clean where I just was like squashed at the bottom and had to just grind out of it in the most ugly manner possible Um, (laughs) and you know ended up hitting hitting the jerk and um, you know making the squad from there and it was just such a cool cool moment um you know that's that was way cooler than you know getting to the games was awesome it was an awesome experience but when I look back at it it was that moment of just do not fail like do not drop this bar you will not drop this bar and um yeah it was just it was just epic how important is the self-talk like when you're about to go onto the platform how, how highly do you rate what we are thinking in our heads yeah. at any given time? In particular, like before we're about to do something that's critical yeah. like that. Yeah, look, 100%. So weightlifting, like I said, it, it's not like other sports. You know, in rugby, it's I, I, the way I sort of refer to it, it's kind of animalistic. It's, it's chase, kick and chase, or somebody's running, you've got to hunt them down. It, 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 it to me, feels quite you know, visceral in that, in that way where, you know, you're reacting to your environment, you're not creating your environment. Yeah. Um, whereas I think part of the allure and why I loved weightlifting so much is it is the complete opposite. Um, it does not matter what everyone else has done. It is literally down to you in that moment. And me now to me five minutes ago, I'm not any stronger or more skilled. The literal only difference is your mindset uh, and your preparation. And, and that's where it comes down to having really set processes of like, okay, cool. So I'm going to go to the chalk bucket. I'm going to chalk my hands and I'm going to go stand at the back. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to look at my focal point. I'm going to step up to the bar and having that like step by step by step, this is what I need to do. And, um, you know, again, that repetition of doing that is, is huge. And then, you know, it's almost like trying to get to the point where you're not thinking, you know, that athletes, athletes talk about that flow state and, you know, trying to, trying to tap into that. And, and a huge part of that flow state, in my opinion, is, is having those processes. Um, and um, yeah, because there's nothing separating every athlete in that, in that room, all of them 
were more skilled than me, like every one of them, (laughs) Um, you know, and most of them were stronger than me as well. And most of them had, uh, you know, heaps more experience. There was literally nothing separating us that day, except that I happened to have a good day. I happened to have the right mental state and I managed to execute. And there's plenty of competitions where I haven't, Um, you know, I certainly didn't execute well on those first four out of six lifts that I missed. Like I literally only got the bare minimum (laughs) to get through. Um, But it was those two lifts that mattered that I made it work. Uh, And I do think that a lot of that comes down to, um, yeah, that, that self-belief. And, you know, I literally, I remember looking at my coach and just thinking like, we've all sacrificed. He sacrificed a lot to get me there. He had a young family and it's, it's a time consuming thing, having a full time, like having somebody at that level. And I remember thinking like, you're not going to let him down. You know, uh, you're not going to let your family down. My parents, my parents had bought like 20 tickets to the com games and I hadn't even made it there yet. You know? Yeah. And just, you know, you have that sort of moment of, 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 you know, it all coming together. Yeah, you said something before too, and I, and I didn't uh, elaborate on it, but you mentioned about your circle and mm. you said something that was profound. You said anyone that came into my circle with any negativity, you said they were out straight away. Yeah. How important is that? Because I reckon one of the hardest things is obviously we've had friends all our lives, family, friends, a circle. Mm. That circle might not be... We might, we might be outgrowing that circle in a sense, right? So if we're trying to do something that's we, that we haven't done before, something that's yeah. challenging, going in a new direction, you might get some pushback from that yeah. circle. So how critical is it to actually, you know, cut out anyone that, that's actually going to hold you back? Oh, it's huge. And, you know, it comes back to a few things. You know, the reason I moved to Adelaide uh, in the very first time was because I was in a terrible toxic friendship circle you know we're in a small town in Queensland it was drinking and drugs on the weekend because there's nothing better to do you know um and I knew that if I stayed in you know in Adelaide in sorry in in the town that I was I I would probably break free of those friends but you can't really break free of your persona because people know you people bump into you and one of the glorious things about Australia is it's freaking huge (laughs) you can you can get out a lot of space here and you know it's not the world's biggest country obviously as far as population wise but you know physical distance is huge you can go and reinvent yourself and so I literally cold turkey went cool cool, I'm moving and I'm getting out of that life and um and you know to be honest that's part of the reason I I moved away from rugby as well is because there is still quite a big drinking culture you know no drugs like luckily but um you know you we'd finish the game at 11 a.m crack a drink at 11.05 and um you know continue along to all the boys games and that was weekend for many, many, many weekends. Um, and I just, it got to the point where I was like, I don't want this for my life anymore. And I've still got a lot of my friends from those days and we've all, you know, grown out of that. And I think it was just the young, young and dumb sort of era, but that, that circle of friends, you know, we talk about it and I know, I know, you know, what I'm about to say here is that, you know, you are the five people that you hang around the most yep. and um, time is a resource. And I, I physically do not have time for people who aren't on the same buzz as me if you're not driven and growth driven uh, like growth driven and um you know on a path it doesn't matter what you're driven towards i don't care if you want to be like the world's best chicken raiser you know do whatever it is that lights you up but i just my own time is too precious to me i'd rather be on my own recovering sleeping i'd rather do any other thing than waste time with people who aren't um you know going to be there and and uh, and are genuinely in that place of, you know, 
wanting success uh, in whatever it is that they want to do. And that's not to say everyone, you know, every one of my friends are, you know, elite athletes and stuff like that. Obviously a few of them are, some of them are just, you know, good business people. Some of them are just great family people because that's what, that's what their values are is, you know, how can I be the best mom, you know? Yeah. Awesome. You don't have to have these ridiculously, you know, out there goals. It's just a matter of the way that you live your life authentically to your values. Um, And, you know, I, yeah, I, I, again, single-minded focus is because I was so clear on what I wanted. It was like, you're either helping me or you're hindering me. And, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be a choice for everyone because it, it is, it can be quite isolating. It's quite, you know, it can be quite lonely. Like I've moved to another country now. I live in another country and finding that circle is a challenge is, is like, it's challenging to find other people who are on that same buzz. Um, but I know as soon as I do, it's just going to, you know, chill, you know, again, and, and it's that b- ability to build each other up, you know, because you're not going to, you can't do anything on your own. Everything's a group team effort and weightlifting sure I was the one lifting the bar on that day but it was my you know my coaches it was my family it was it was everyone there lifting yeah you know the shade as it sounds everyone was there lifting the bar with me as well you know it's it's not a single person's you know achievement yeah you can't do it on your own can you no no you can but you're going to make it bloody difficult (laughs) and and you know you'll get to the end and find it's not fulfilling anyway because it's you know it's that like i said it's that journey and it's the 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 people you meet along the way and the experiences you have because there's no fun talking about all this fun stuff you've done if there's no one there to to celebrate it with yeah yeah fair call yeah a couple more questions steph i'm conscious of time so i won't hold you up too much longer but uh what i want to know this is for the audience and for me um, if someone's got an idea in their head, and we spoke about that little voice in your head, like I said, this is about breaking through what you know, the limitations that we put on ourselves. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone as a first step if they've got this voice? So something's telling them that they want to do this thing, but they're scared to death. They're petrified. They're worried about, they might be worried about what other people are going to think, worried about failure what would be like a logical step and what, what do you tell yourself in that situation just so that you're not another person that doesn't take action, but someone that takes that first step in that direction? Yeah, good question. Um, honestly, I think it's just start. Like, just start. You're not going to, you know, I think we were talking about it the other day. Everyone wants that end destination. Yeah. You want to be, be at the Commonwealth Games. You don't know how... you. You don't need to know how you're going to get there. You just need to start. Um, you know, like I said, I wasn't even aiming for that when I started. I the, the thing that I, like, the most proud achievement I've had in my life was something I wasn't even aiming for. I was aiming for something completely different. And um, and this fell in because the, the way I see it is, you know, the universe or whatever, whatever it is, it, it respects action. The second you take a step towards something that is aligned with your your values and your passion, doors open for you. Um, and it might be chance meetings with somebody, you know, it might be, you know, a cash windfall or it might be like just things happen when you're on the right path and things you know, it doesn't make minutes a, you know, easy golden road to success. You still got to work your absolute ass for it. And you get, you know, I think one thing to be mindful of is when you are on the path of doing something you want or that you, you're aligned to, I've always found in everything I've ever done, there's always at the very, the very first step seems to be a, an opportunity 
it's it's a hurdle disguised as an opportunity in order to keep you where you are. So, um, you know, for instance, when I was leaving that job, um, I had made the decision to leave my job and they go, okay, how about if we give you a promotion? And I'd been angling for a promotion. And then it was like, oh, cool. I can finally have financial security and I can do these things. Is that what I really want? Or is this what I really want? And you get these like, yeah, it's like they're disguises, like opportunities disguised to try and trip you up. How much do you really want it? And I found that in every single step of every single thing I've ever done, you know, with the divorce, with, you know, with the, the weightlifting, with moving countries, with finishing my degree, you know, four months before I was finished my degree um, in order to move here. It's like, how much do you want it? And it's like this little test. And I think just be aware of this. It's like a trickster trying to trying to hold you back in your own life uh, and as soon as you recognize it for what it is and the more times you see it you're like ha, nice try yeah. I know that yeah that's right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so you know I, I think I mean going back to your question I think it's just start um, and and be prepared for the path that you think it will be to be nothing like what it is uh, it's yeah. gonna go you know the end there might be the same but the friggin windy back and forth and it's not linear by any means yeah. Um, yeah. so just be prepared that uh be, be flexible but just keep that goal in mind yeah. we've got a little visitor come here do you want to say hello to steph hello <laughs> rolling here. this is my son matthias say hello and my daughter Dominique, who we're gonna, she's gonna ask you a few questions a little bit later on. Awesome. Right. We're nearly finished. We're just wrapping up now. So, Steph, you've since moving to New Zealand, obviously you're you're no longer like competing, obviously no. weightlifting or anything like that. So you've got a little little son, little daughter, little son, little four month old, four months old today. What's his name? Uh, Alexander. Alexander. What are you doing with your time? So you've got a business as well over there. And, and where can people sort of get in touch with you? Mm. They want to learn more about, I guess, your story and your business as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, my partner and I, we run a, a first aid company called PracMed NZ. Um, you know, it's our goal to um, uh, basically empower people to, to be responders and not, and not witnesses. So, you know, I think we've all done the same old shitty tick the box, you know, first aid course that you literally have to do to get jobs and stuff. But, you know, I know I've definitely walked out of those more confused than actually anything. And um, so we're all about teaching practical skills. Um, we hire 99% of our, our workforce are all veterans um, and we've all got, they've all got, I'm civilian, they've all got, uh, all these incredible skills to teach people about, you know, life-saving techniques, especially around trauma and, and bleeding control. So that's what we do. That's what I do in my, um, in my spare time. Haha. <laughs> it's small business life. You don't have any obviously spare time, um, especially when you've got a four month old uh, as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I do. So, uh, it, you know, if they want to reach out, you can, you know, my uh, Instagram is still open uh, to, you know, it's, it's public. So you can hit me up on Instagram. Um, I think it's at, Steph Davies underscore maybe. Um, yeah, we'll put or, it in the links below anyway. We'll, we'll put yeah, it in yeah, hundred percent. Um, and you know, I've got a heap of my training videos and and sort of my journey. I was witnessing, uh, you know, putting a lot of that stuff on there. And and these days, it's probably more baby photos than most of anything, <laughs> as kind of happens when you have a, a little bundle. But um, yeah. you know, I'm definitely getting back into the into the training scene now. Um, just sort of trying to figure out what the next big goal is. Uh, you know, probably not going to be weightlifting, but you know, my body was made to move. So I'm going to figure out another cool way to, to make it, make it do something awesome. 
I would look forward to us there. Look, thank you so much, all right, for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed myself. I lo- love your story. Love how you, you know, describe in detail, like exactly, you know, moment by moment in those competitions, how you actually, you know, how you got through it. Um, yeah, I got tremendous value out of this. So, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, no worries. And, guys, think limitless and, I mean, anything's possible really um you know whatever it is that you're after just take that first step um that's the biggest takeaway i got from this yeah if you're prepared to actually take action then things can happen magic happens and you just don't know the possibilities yeah 100 awesome thank you so much steph Yeah, you're welcome, Simon. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you got value from this, show us some love. Give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. We look forward to bringing you so much more content in the future. And remember that each and every one of us does have our own limitless potential.